The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered. Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it. Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five. Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side. It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning. It's Rich, and I'm here with James. It's time to listen to One Nation. The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye. And good Welcome night. to the... Is this thing live? I can't tell. Okay. Welcome to... The June 3rd edition of One Nation Live. My name is Rich, and I am here to talk about plenty in professional wrestling this week. Uh, If you guys have not uh, checked out the rest of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, please do. In addition to One Nation Radio with myself and uh, James, who is on hiatus at the moment, uh, we have the Outsider's Edge with Ransom Carl. We have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We have Keeping It Strong Style with Jeremy and Josh, as well as Grown Men Watch This Shit and indie podcast um the impact report with caleb baldwin will be back soon uh remember we are an independent podcasting network and our budget comes from word of mouth and um, the only way that we're going to reach more people is with your help and rating it and reviewing it and all that stuff so uh, first thing we get to talk about today is daniel bryan yes my favorite wrestler, uh, many of you guys' favorite wrestler. This man is still going on and on about wanting a match with Brock Lesnar. And honestly, who doesn't want to see that? Because why? It would be fucking awesome. We wanted to see it in 2015. Uh, and essentially, it kind of got ripped away from us when he got thrown out the Royal Rumble. Um, and Brian's always kind of had that you know, um, need to face him because if you remember during the AJ styles feud, this guy cut the promo for AJ styles. And it seemed like, I don't know, man, Brian, you're, you're saying this stuff from a little bit too personal of a perspective. And the deal with Daniel Bryan there was he cut the promo that he would have said in that situation. Had he been facing, um, uh, Brock Lesnar and seeing AJ Styles get to have that match. I imagine that Daniel Bryan was just like burning up, uh, and, you know, watching that and everything. So they, um, so let's get to the comments. Let me pull those up. So he did an interview recently, um, with, I believe the express. So, he said that he's wanted to face Lesnar since returning from neck surgery in 2015, but he doesn't believe that Brock cares for a match. So between those those guys, he told the Sports Bible, he said, and the big match that I always say is I really want to wrestle Brock. 
I've been wanting to wrestle Brock for years. And when I came back from my neck surgery in 2015, it was the match I wanted. I'm not sure, or I'm sure Brock doesn't want it. He doesn't care. That's, I think that's Daniel Bryan being a little bit, uh, self, uh, deprecating, uh, as he is. Uh, and he also added that there are many WWE superstars that he wants to face that now he's back in action among them, Roman Reigns, um, who, is you know he's he's eager to do that and he and Daniel Bryan believes that it would make a great matchup if Reigns actually turned heel and yes it would WWE would print money out the ass um if they just go ahead and get the real main event of this era popping but you never know they might want Roman Reigns to be the conquering hero I don't know why but um from there he said yeah he wanted to also wrestle Nakamura that you know they had a dark match it was uh, interrupted by Nakamura punching him in the dick um from there, he also wanted to uh, face Andrade Cien Almas, which that's the match I've been calling for on this show. Uh, and he pretty much said he wants to work with everybody, and I guess everybody includes Big Cass. I don't know. Um, I'm not really too thrilled about that match. But um, Jeremy has a comment. He says, I'm pretty sure they will book Brock to squash Brian. I would only hope not because I think um, they would do nothing but upset people so badly, so badly. Um, Billy Jack Barton says, what's the deadliest place you sneeze? I have no idea, Billy. I, I, <laughs> the deadliest place I've sneezed. I, I can't even, I don't know. I, I'll say work. How about that? Because if I get a bunch of people sick, I think that's pretty bad. Um, so from there, um, Brian went on to say, you know, there's a lot of stuff, you know, that he gets excited and a lot of his friends from the independents are now here in WWE. So that's the coolest stuff. You know, he got to fight Jeff Hardy. He said he got to wrestle Rusev, which he always wanted to do. And that was a really good match. Um, but yeah, man, like Daniel Bryan bringing this, uh, up now is interesting because he's locked in the middle of a feud that I don't think anybody wants to see. They have him wrestling this guy. That's a stiff. Meanwhile, it's like, he's, he's on a treadmill right now with a stake in front of him. And big cast is that treadmill. He has to keep running over this to get to the other side, to get to the real stuff that we want to see. And with that match being made for money in the bank, it's just frustrating because I don't want to watch big cast. Uh, I don't want to watch Dan Bryan have to a, carry this man again to another substandard effort or B even have to like lose to this guy because Daniel Bryan can be on top drawing money as the man in feuds that matter rather than position as just an underneath guy. And the thing that I've seen from a lot of folks, uh, they'd be like, well, what did you want him to win the title his first night in? No, like, <laughs> like there's a, there's like a clear, um, you know, there's a, space between fighting big cast and being the champion fighting big cast is way down here there's all this in the middle essentially that wwe doesn't want to play with right now so i don't know man um so sergio says they've been booking him strong in defeat brian still gives a lot of offense yes they can't have Daniel brian getting squashed i think they know better in that respect now uh i don't think that they have the um I don't believe they would disrespect Brian to that degree with the audience. Now, maybe that's me being foolish, but I think he's, he's, he's earned his stripes as a main eventer. Um, yeah, let's take a question here. Jeremy says, do you think Brian's contracts that is holding him back? I think, yes, I think WWE 
the fact that Dan Bryant hasn't re-signed yet, and I haven't heard any news about him being offered um, a contract right now, I'm assuming WWE wants to re-sign him. I'm assuming Dan Bryant wants to re-sign with WWE. It just hasn't happened. But until that happens, you have to think that they don't want to push him at a certain level. Um, so they've got to figure it out because there's a there's a fine balance between pushing him in a way that will maximize you know the positive energy you got out of his return and then also um having him fight big cast like I, big cast is just like we're not here bro i and, and i tried i tried I, I thought you know that first week he came out and cut that promo he looked like he could be a star but Everything since then has been a struggle with the little person, uh, with him repeatedly making, you know, in-ring wrestling look like it's just the hardest thing to do. Uh, whether, you know, it's, it's hard to look mobile. I, I don't know if it's the leg still that's bothering him. I'm just hoping it's over. That, that's all I want. I want it to be done. Um, but, yeah, man, w- the next thing I want to talk about is some interesting comments from Seth Rollins. And by by comments, I mean a one-word answer. Um, He was doing an interview with Give Me Sport, I believe, and he was essentially doing like a rapid-fire round. So Seth Rollins came out there, and he, you know, they asked him point blank, should The Undertaker retire, yes or no? And then he was like, yes. And I just want to say to Seth Rollins right now, Seth, you are the fucking man for keeping it a buck because we all know, we know what this looks like. The Undertaker clearly, I don't know if he just couldn't go at WrestleMania or what it was. And we're going to get to that with the John Cena comments, but this dude's washed. He's just hanging out. They, you know, it's cool to see the Undertaker. Yeah. But like, it was cool to see him last year too. And the year before that. And the year before that, and it's just him showing up every year is just depreciating. We're never getting another great Undertaker match at this rate. Anyone wants to argue with, with it, bring it because like it's been it's been so long since we've seen anything that's above um, you know barely replacement level. Like the Rusev match was essentially um, just a regular standard like two star match. And if the undertaker, uh, he, he made these comments a a while ago, like, you know, he doesn't want to become a parody and the day he does that, he'll walk away. But I don't know if it's like Vince, not letting him go or the undertaker, not letting it go, but somebody had to speak the truth. And I'm glad Seth Rollins, like kind of did that just like, yo, and Rollins didn't say it in a, like a disrespectful manner. He didn't come out and say, yeah, dude is washed. He needs to wrap it up. He said, yeah, man, he needs to retire. Like, yes. Like, and I think they caught him in a moment of just honesty because so many folks in WWE, they make these comments like in interviews and all that. And then we can see through what's kind of like a company line. And also what's kind of like, yo, this dude, might have said something. I know Seth Rollins saying the Undertaker should retire is not a company line, regardless of how anyone uh, wants to spin it. So hopefully he doesn't get in trouble because he's clearly been the wrestler of the year, which we'll get to um, more on this in, in a minute. But I think, uh, you know, he has to just 
continue his epic performances, and then hopefully this will, uh, you know, make sure it'll go away. Uh, what up, DMAC on YouTube uh, that's tuned in? First time you was able to catch me live. I appreciate it. This is the first time going live on this platform. So if you ever wanted to catch me um, live, check out the Wrestling Square Circle Facebook group. Uh, so let's see what we got here. Uh, Santo says he's becoming a mascot, which is horrible after what uh, he's done. Yes. And the fact that The Undertaker has just continued to, like, occupy that space, they won't let anyone take that space from him either, which is troubling. And it's like, where where's the future? And why do we need this? And I think WrestleMania 34 went to a certain um, level to kind of establish that but they just couldn't like rip the band-aid off it's like don't use them just leave them off the show it's okay i promise you we're in good hands at the at this point the the quote-unquote most loaded roster ever should be able to handle it if they're not crippled by booking so um moving on from that john fucking cena my god i saw these comments and normally i'm riding with anything that john cena got to say uh i i'm a huge fan of his as a wrestler and what he's done as a top guy for you know i always say this it's like jay-z there's never been someone this good for this long as a main event guy that's consistently been someone that you can absolutely build a company around there's almost like, you know, he's second to none, uh, and, and all that. So, um, okay. Brooklyn Knight. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see you. Um, yeah, man. So let's get into these comments. So he said that his match against the undertaker at WrestleMania 34 should serve as a message to the WWE locker room about being happy with the role you're given. Now we'll get into why this is kind of contradictory after I read his comments. So if you see me looking down, don't mind me. So basically he talked talked with sports illustrated about his WrestleMania match. And he said that you have to sacrifice yourself sometimes for the good of the team. Understandable. He said, I did not do well in this match. My WrestleMania moment was to spend time in the crowd and not do well in a very short performance, but I loved it because it got the job done. The focus was not me. The focus was someone else. Oftentimes we look at things so selfishly asking what's in it for me. Well, what was for me was the chance to reintroduce a WWE icon. I had to stretch the suspension of disbelief to his breaking point to do it, but it was awesome. Every single week, the crowd would chant at the top of its lungs, and no one thought I would be sitting in the crowd at WrestleMania, but I was able to do that. I was able to go out and be handily defeated in three minutes and bring back an icon. That is a message for any performer who is complaining about their spot or that creatively they have nothing going for them. He said, I've been first, I've been in the middle, and I've been last. I just want to go out there and do something. There are performers who share that my ideology with The Miz being one of them. That's why he's skyrocketing into a new bracket as we speak, and I can't wait to see what he does next week. But there is also a lot of disdain and complacency. You should be happy with any sort of role, even if it's getting your tail kicked in. So, where do we begin? So, the definition of complacency, let's pull that up real quick. complacency definition. I want to read this and, and see what, what is defined. Up. It says a feeling of smug or uncritical satisfaction with oneself or achievements. So what do you say to the people that want more? Are they being complacent too? 
It's like, yo, how can you tell the roster and, and say that people are being complacent and then also say, hey, just be happy with the role that you're given? No, nah, we want your role. We want to be on top. We want to get those main event opportunities. I don't understand <clears throat> the... When, he, when he's talking about guys that are, quote-unquote, in the middle or girls that are in the middle and not on top or anything like that, do you think they want to be there? Now, maybe Cena has a level of insight that we obviously don't have because he actually interacts with these people, and he sees it from his experience level and everything like that. But it sounds like pure bullshit. Like, yeah, y'all need to be happy with what y'all got, except this meal, except this, um, you know, this lower position, but don't be complacent about it. It's like, nah, I want to go out there and get it. And you know how WWE works. These people are not getting the opportunities. They're not getting the TV time. Even though WWE has massive amounts of television time, we're still finding uh, ways to say, yeah, we only have this much time on a card. We only have, uh, you know, a certain amount of time on Monday Night Raw. It's how they use the time. They don't maximize the time. That's not the other wrestlers' fault. That's the company's fault. So... With Cena, I don't expect Cena to ever come out in public and and take shots at the company. And this is like an easy way for him to 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 basically like yeah. And this is Cena being older now. It's like yeah, y'all young dudes, y'all ain't hungry like I was. Well, no fucking shit, John. Like you, like they they also don't have the level of freedom that you had in your day. So it, I don't know. It was just I read those comments and I was like, this is nuts. Um. Let's go to a couple comments here. Uh, Santos says, I felt that, and this is talking about the Brock, or excuse me, the Cena and Undertaker match. He said, I felt that match was like the two kids in class who had no friends. And when the teacher says, pick a partner for the project, everyone runs to their friends and they looked at no one. And at the end, they looked at each other and said, screw it. Let's work together. And that's how that match was set up. That's a great analogy, Santos. <laughs> um Sergio says in every match before his own during WrestleMania, WWE made to feature him with uh, randomly no reasoning. Yeah, he got nothing from that spot. Yeah, he was he was still all over over everything. If you guys have listened uh, to One Nation Radio, I've made the case that this entire WrestleMania build was built around John Cena because the whole thing was everything falling into place after him. And it was like, yeah, he couldn't be in the WWE title match, so the match got locked in to be AJ and Nakamura. He couldn't win the Royal Rumble or the Elimination Chamber match, so the match had to be Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. He couldn't do anything else. He didn't even enter the Andre the Giant, so he quote-unquote cracked and challenged The Undertaker. It's like, yo, not everyone else is even going to get to do that, so what are you saying? I don't I don't get it. I, I thought I thought the comments were, were short-sighted, so let's read a couple more of these comments here. Um, so from Sam Brown, he says, some people are happy with taking a paycheck and not extending themselves. I work with them every day at my work going to the top takes risk. You're correct, Sam, because like I said, there Cena probably has a view into these people that we don't have. Right. But I think when you tell people like when you've had all these opportunities like Cena's had and these people are clearly operating under a different set of rules than he had to operate under. In a way, I don't understand how he's in a position to talk to them or call them out for being lazy and complacent when if they could go out there without, you know, the fear of being fired or having their TV time completely like slashed, 
I think they would. I, you know, if you're telling me that, um, you know, someone like Seth Rollins doesn't want to go out there and, and, and really go for it. If you're telling me someone like Ambrose doesn't want to go for it, I'm not going to believe you. Like, <laughs> um, so... Uh, another comment from saying said the crime uh, is when there is someone with fire that they hold back. Who who do who do you think uh, someone that that they may be holding back is? I, I'd be interested to hear that, Sam. Um, Santos he says if I can be honest, I think as hard as Cena has worked, he deserves to get a final run, beat Flair's record. You and <laughs> and you get uh, um, mad as hell for this, but he has worked his ass off. Yes, if you guys have not um, checked out Sam Brown, he's in the comments right now on Facebook. He's writing a column on LordsOfPain.net called Yes, Relived, and it's essentially about Daniel Bryan's entire uh, rise between SummerSlam 2013 and WrestleMania 30. Um, you guys should check that out. So some of the people he was saying were Dean Ambrose in 2016, Dolph Ziggler in 2014. Both agree with those. Um Dion Murphy says, uh, WWE's issues are too many stars, so little writers with creativity. Um, I think that comes down to Vince as well. It's like, yo, they ha- the way they're doing things has earned uh, them this this money. They didn't like, like you know, I'm going to clown later and say they finessed these networks, but they, they've earned that money because in the way they've earned it was operating this way. So I don't think they feel like they're not using people. So, um, shout, yeah, shout out, Sam. No problem, bro. Um, so the, the other thing that I want to get to today um, with – the whole thing that, you know, it is June. Now we are six months into the year. So this is not like, Oh yeah. You know, this is the beginning of the year. We got plenty of time to figure this out for WWE. No WWE this year has been shit from a creative standpoint. And, and it's like you had the all time excellent Royal rumble. What else you got? Don't worry. I'll wait. Elimination Chamber, WrestleMania, Saudi Arabia, Backlash. And in those, you know, matches, or excuse me, in those pay-per-views, the match quality, we have not seen many, like, match of the year contenders. We have, like, the wrestler of the year conversation, I feel like, is really muddy. And I'm going to go through some of the, I'm going to load up uh, a few of the awards from uh, the One Nation Radio Awards uh, that we do every, at the end of every single year. And just going through, and I'll come back next week with the other half of those awards. But um, for my Ric Flair Wrestler of the Year thus far, uh, the only people that I have nominated and, you know, the Ric Flair wrestler of the year is kind of like a combination combination of being a great talker, being a great wrestler, having like the aura around you, the pageantry of professional wrestling, like Ric Flair. So we have AJ Styles. I feel like he's been the champion. He's been in decent enough matches, but Styles is not having a stellar year at all. Like as far as like lighting it on fire and being hot, um, Seth Rollins, the Miz, Charlotte and Braun Strowman. Everyone else is kind of like muddy and it's just like, I don't know, man. Like we don't, we don't really believe you at the moment. And out of that group and, and don't, and these are just like, um, they're not nominations. This is just like what I'm feeling so far, um, going into the year. Um, yes, 
Sam, NXT is a completely separate separate category. Um, I do main roster awards. Uh, I got to come up with some more NXT awards. So I know some of you guys may be hearing this, but like, what about NXT? NXT has been absolutely phenomenal. It's been the reverse WWE this year. We're going to get to that in a second. But um, these awards mainly focus on the main roster. So I had Styles, Rollins, Miz, Charlotte, and Strowman. So... And let's see what what they've done with all these people. AJ Styles, they've booked him in an underwhelming feud with uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They've had him in a feud with five other motherfuckers. They've had him in a feud that's kind of underwhelmed with bad finishes with Nakamura. Seth Rollins, they've made him into the greatest opening match wrestler in the world. I'm going to say that again. They've made him into the greatest opening match wrestler in the world. Not a main eventer. Not money drawing position here. You have these great matches with the secondary belt because we don't want to give you the real belt, even though you're the guy, the Miz won the intercontinental title from Roman Reigns earlier this year, put in great performances at WrestleMania and also at backlash, which is like, I don't know how he did that. Uh, And he's been a great talker the whole time. I feel like he's been just consistent enough to be mentioned here. Charlotte, uh, she, she didn't win the Royal Rumble or anything, obviously because she was the champion at the time and she came out there and defeated Oscar ended the streak, had the best match essentially at WrestleMania, uh, to be argued. And also an incredible entrance. Like when you think about pageantry, what pageantry has been better this year than Charlotte. Um, and then they probably took the belt off of her and gave it to Carmella. So I, it, you know, <laughs> and then Braun Strowman do was an absolute killer. Going into this, we had a little bit of 2017 Braun Strowman in 2018, but they've kneecapped him so hard like Dean Ambrose in 2016. You tell me Braun Strowman's complacent? You tell me Braun Strowman doesn't want it? No, he could have had WrestleMania and with him winning the title and everyone would have been just fine with that. So, you know, it's crazy. Like, (laughs) um, so 205 Live... We'll get there. <laughs> I got to find a way to incorporate those guys in. Um, so NXT needs to get emancipated from WWE. Uh, Dion Murphy says uh, Mustafa Ali and Drew Gulak have been tearing it up. Correct. I just don't feel like they're in a position where people can see them. That's the only thing. They've taken these guys, the cruiserweights, off of Monday Night Raw the whole year, essentially. These guys are literally just a network show like NXT. So when they show up to these crowds, unless these people are watching the network regularly, they have no way to get promoted, essentially. It's like an indie promotion within WWE. So, um, <laughs> Dion Murphy says, bullshit, burn it down. Uh, Sergio says, they ruined Asuka. And Dion says, Mela is money. Mela is money, but she is not a good wrestler. <laughs> um, Sergio Parr says, I like what they're doing with Ronda. I like what they were doing with Ronda as well. I just feel like we don't have enough of a body of work yet. Maybe by the end of the year, um, we'll get her in that conversation. So, um, <clears throat> from there, uh, yeah. Oh, and also look at my YouTube comments. Didn't big Cass get some kind of heat for trying to take risks? Yes, he did. Um, in Cass's situation, to be fair, they directly told him not to do that. And then he did it anyway. But as you did say, D Mac on YouTube, he did try to take a risk. So, um, yeah, from there, um, Yes, they have messed up Nia Jax. Uh, they messed her up this week when they turned her heel after being bullied. It's like, I don't understand. Um, from there, the in-ring performer of the year. I have Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Sasha Banks, 
AJ Styles, Oscar, Charlotte. So far, if we look at what each of them di- have done, as I mentioned, Seth Rollins has become like the best opening match wrestler in wrestling. He's looked great with the Intercontinental Championship, and he's had fire matches on TV with Finn Balor, um, as well as pretty much anybody that you line him up against, especially in that gauntlet match. I wrote a column about it if you guys want to go check that out. Uh, Finn Balor, he was in a lot of those matches. Uh, Sasha Banks, who has <laughs> uh, been everyone's best match essentially uh when in the women's division like when ruby Wright got hot a couple weeks ago the triple threat uh the match with oscar which i felt like you know it could be argued to be just as good as the charlotte oscar match aj styles still working at a decent enough level but as i mentioned on the show last week styles i feel like is wrestling away right now where he's on top so he's trying to stay there like he's not trying to get to the top anymore and happy birthday to aj styles who just turned 41 um, Asuka, in-ring performer of the year nominee. That whole run from the Royal Rumble to uh, Fastlane, where it was week after week of Asuka just going in there and kicking ass, definitely deserves uh, to be mentioned as an in-ring performer of the year. And Charlotte, uh, with that WrestleMania match, I think that counts a lot. And it's been such a weak year um, as far as top-end you know, performance in WWE in-ring. That's where we're at right now. They've let Roman Reigns shit the bed in three consecutive shows. They've uh, not really used John Cena that well. They haven't let Daniel Bryan get fully um, unleashed yet. They don't uh, let Elias wrestle. They, <laughs> um, who else we, are we left with at that rate? So anyone else you can think of? Dean Ambrose is injured. Um, it's crazy. So um, John Banks, get the fuck out of here. Ruby greater than Banks. Nah, nah, bro. Ruby Rice not better than Sasha Banks. I don't know. I don't know what you, we've been watching. Uh, we gonna have to have a talk about that, Dion. But yeah, in no planet um, <laughs> is, is Ruby Rice better than Sasha Banks. Now, can she go in there and wrestle a great match with Sasha Banks? Sure, she can. Um, but Sasha Banks is already at an all-time level among women's performers and among performers in general in WWE right now. <laughs> so um, every, every time there's a match that needs to happen, who's it built around? Sasha Banks. Uh, when the Royal Rumble came, who they build the whole thing around? Sasha Banks. When they came around um, for the Elimination Chamber, uh, I believe it was Sasha Banks that was in there <laughs> get cleaning up the Elimination uh, Chamber. When they needed Asuka to look like a fucking killer, who they throw her in there with? Sasha Banks. When they want Sasha to come, or when they want Charlotte to establish herself as the quote-unquote greatest woman wrestler ever, who is her primary opponent? Sasha Banks. Um, no, she did not kill Paige. Paige's neck killed Paige. So people get kicked in, the, in their back every day, B. Like, that. I'm, I'm not here for it. Like, <laughs> um Yes, and meanwhile, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Sam. Why are they not putting her in the spotlight feud with Bailey? I'll tell you a couple reasons why I think it could be. So all throughout the year, they've had other agendas um, to establish in the women's division. Coming out of the Royal Rumble, the hot thing um, that was going in was Asuka's win and the fallout from her being the number one contender. And with Alexa Bliss being the champion, they weren't going to like take the belt off of her and do... Uh, and where it led was Oscar versus Charlotte. So Alexa Bliss's fuse was with Nia. So they didn't want to make that the number three. Cool. Fine. It, it, as stupid as it was, even though Sasha versus Bailey was hotter, whatever. Then they came and they had Rousey show up now. They can't officially get this role in now because they're just 
in the middle baby faces that aren't going to command that attention because we've got a SmackDown women's champion in their match. We've got Ronda in her match now. And then it's the rest of y'all can get it like the Red Cross. So it's like, it's crazy, man. Um, so with, so we got a question. Um, where does Jericho fit into the list? He doesn't, um, <laughs> part-time, like he, he's going to come in later. He's going to be, uh, I have an award called the finesse of the year award, and we'll definitely get to Chris Jericho. Um, but he um, didn't really, you know, do a lot in WWE. Uh, he says Sasha hasn't delivered since her last. Hit. Whoa, you're talking crazy now, bro. I don't. <laughs> we we bought a, this man Dion Shriven. Um, so newcomer of the year. It's too early to call. Some names to watch are Ruby Riot, Andrade San Almas, uh, Drew McIntyre, Ember Moon, Ronda Rousey. And um, from there, I, I got to uh, my Dusty Rose Promo Cutter of the Year Award. Uh, the folks I have like kind of to watch are Samoa Joe, Alexa Bliss, Carmella, uh, Daniel Bryan, and The Miz. Uh, Samoa Joe has been the most believable promo in wrestling. Alexa Bliss has shown a way that she can just own people uh, on the mic this year. Carmella has been annoying to the umpteenth degree, but she's like had a way of speaking that I feel like has been her only real value. So um, Dan O'Brien, of course, with his coming out of retirement speech, I think that is good enough to be nominated alone. And the Miz just being the Miz, like uh, awesome as normal and really just shooting it to people when these shoot promos. Who's not on the list? Paul Heyman. I'm not rewarding this repetition in these tired ass promos. Um, Roman Reigns. They fucked this guy a million ways, like, and gave him all this material that no one believes. I can't reward that. Um, Rollins hasn't really had a chance to talk. AJ hasn't really talked. Uh, Nakamura hasn't really talked. Strowman hasn't really had to talk him into the building. So, um, it's crazy. So, Let's see. Uh, Sam says, is it nuts that women can only have a feud when they have a title? Yes. And, and as far as, you know, they've come with the women, they still haven't come that far. So, <laughs> um, yes, Omega will be a match. Omega and Jericho will be a match of the year candidate for new Japan. Yes, it will. Jeremy. <laughs> yes, it will. And it's probably still the match of the year right now. So I don't know. There, there's been a lot of great stuff in new Japan. Uh, Nakamura, he doesn't speak English, as Jeremy says. So, <laughs> that's great. Um, so, from there, um, let's see. We got the Miss Elizabeth Woman of the Year. That award is being retired. We're changing, changing it to Best Woman's Wrestler. So, it's just been the Woman of the Year before. Um, now, it's Best Woman's Wrestler. And I think there are only, like, three nominees right now. Maybe four. I'll, I'll go four. So I've got Charlotte, Sasha, Asuka, and Ruby Riot. Um, Ember Moon hasn't been around long enough on the main roster. As I said, she could move into that position. Nia Jax has been a disaster on pay-per-view. Alexa Bliss hasn't been there in the ring. Uh, Carmella, fuck no. Um, anyone else? Any objections? I think it's those three. Or four. Excuse me. Um, up next, I've got... <laughs> this um this deal with um the Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin feud of the year. For my money, that's like the most realistic, believable feud I've ever seen in my life. Um <laughs> and the thing is, there's not really been a great feud in WWE. Brock versus Roman, it just didn't work out. They've tried 
it just didn't work. And they got cold feet, and they made Lesnar look weaker. They made Reigns look weird. They've fucked AJ and Nakamura so badly that the wrong if the wrong thing happens at the next pay-per-view, we might be talking about a worst feud of the year candidate. So, the real feud that I've noticed, and maybe this would actually be the IWC award, but this the real wars are WWE fans that are loyal and, you know, stand behind Vince McMahon and WWE at all costs versus those that want WWE to be better. And it's never been a more toxic environment than it's been right now. With WWE announcing their TV deal and all the money pretty much justifying, uh, in their eyes, everything WWE does. While we don't, on this side, we don't watch money. We watch the show. <laughs> and we we see what is actually happening. And we know the situation with these networks that are scrambling for live content with all in that being a source of pride for, uh, independent wrestling fans, as well as, uh, fans of new Japan, uh, and people being opposed to that for whatever reason, um, with the badly received backlash pay-per-views and the greatest Royal rumble and WrestleMania and folks just like all kind of just those, all those things combining have created an atmosphere in the wrestling community that has been as bad as I've seen it since I pretty much started interacting in the wrestling community, probably in like 2012. So it's never been more volatile than it is right now for a lot of reasons. So that right now is the feud of the year. <laughs> WWE versus people that want WWE to be better right now. So, um, Yes, I, yes, Chad. I talked about uh, Cena's comments regarding the Undertaker's match earlier. Um, how is Nia a disaster? Okay, Nia Jax, they've had her have bad matches on back-to-back shows, right? They've had her cut ridiculous promos and then turn her out of nowhere. And it just hasn't been... Like, her as a champion, she's literally there now as a giant for Ronda Rousey to knock down. That's, that's what this is. But... Yeah, we've got some real bad uh, feuds right now. Um, Sami Zayn versus Lashley is one of them. <laughs> WWE versus its fans. That's that's another good one. That's that's a but it's not all of the fans. I think it's more the fans of WWE versus people that want WWE to be better. Dion says, "How do we help curve the negativity?" I don't know, man. I I don't have the answer for that. I think people just need to uh, like what they like and not be afraid to, you know, go out there and say what they like. You know, Dion, you've said a number of things I've disagreed with uh, on this show itself, right? There's nothing wrong with that. We can talk about it and it's cool. But the thing that happens is people, when you want to talk about how good wrestling is, right? And how good the show is. Once you start bringing up things that have nothing to do with how the show is, it's like, yo, you're moving the goalposts. It's like, yeah, well, they got X amount of money doing it this way. Dollars moving it this way. But that's fucking great for them. They're running a successful business, right? But I think people feel so strongly about um, wrestling and where it needs to go in the future, where it's been in the past. And when they see these mistakes being made, it's like, yo, you know, they've got like between fans that 
are way into WWE and folks that want it to be better. I think a lot of the trolling sometimes may go too far. Um, but I think folks need to really just champion what they like and what will rain out, you know, what will come out and be the top thing that everyone talks about will, you know, be what it is like normal. Like, you know, all in has, has the juice one week and is, you know, is the hottest thing on Twitter and in the community. It'll be that it'll get that traffic. It'll do everything. If WWE comes out here and shits the bed and you get the reaction, like backlash, that's what was going to happen to my credit. I didn't really see a lot of people defending backlash, but the thing is, I think people want to attack each other more than what's actually happening in some cases. Um, I think that that has been the central struggle with WWE and relating to uh, many parts of their fan base because the way the TV money is, has come down now, a lot of folks that spent the most money, like are the hardcore fans and they're going to have the most, the, you know, the loudest voice. But now that we're not this like central income and everything like that to WWE, they may not like necessarily care. Uh, Dion says, we need to remember that wrestling is storyline. We can't take it so serious. I mean, if I wasn't going to watch it on TV, I wouldn't take it serious. I watch, I take everything I watch on TV seriously. Like, it's like, yo, if I'm watching a movie, I want to know how good the movie is. I want to care and see everything makes sense. And if this is something that we've grown up with, um, for a lot of us since childhood and everything like that, and they've seen it make sense and be good before when it doesn't happen, it's like, there's a fucking disconnect. And it's like... Yo, I'm not just going to turn away because a lot of people are loyal to watching wrestling, whether it's WWE. And now a lot of folks are watching different kinds of wrestling and outside of WWE right now is as hot as it's ever been. And some of that is attributed to how WWE is acting right now. So I don't know, man, it's, it's very complex. Like, because telling people don't take it seriously is, you know, when they do take it seriously. Now, if it's just a person that's like, yo, you're parachuting in on this shit. Cool. But if you're taking this much time to watch, uh, and for example, my boy, Jeremy, if he watches Monday night, raw SmackDown, two or five live NXT, um, the pay-per-views he watches on top of that new Japan. Uh, he watches impact now and as well as MLW, right? It's like, yo, if you're going to watch, what was that? Nine different shows, right? And this is what you're about. This is the thing that, that excites you. Someone telling you not to take it serious. Like, nah, bro, that's essentially like, and I don't want to like say this like that, but this is my religion now. Like, <laughs> like people like really like, like we go cross country, we fly, we spend a lot of money doing this. And this is something that we're passionate about. So when it's like, don't take it so serious, that's like, all right, well, what am I going to get any of this money that I spent back on this? No. Okay. So, <laughs> Oh, Jeremy said, hold on, bro. I ain't watching impact yet. Okay. Uh, Josh has told me you're about to start watching this. So I just threw that in there. So, um, Dion says, uh, or, okay, hold on. Let's see. We've got some more comments here. Sam says, I'm all for taking the long view, but it is a struggle right now because there's little, uh, actually shaping up and with the most recent headline long-term story reigns ascending to the top the wwe has pulled the rug out and they're acting in bad faith uh dion says i hear you but look at our last tv threads so negative i love wwe but sometimes our negative negativity spreads uh sam says you're correct here and <laughs> 
Let's see that damn Sean Yin versus Allie Rosemary Spirit. Yeah, I don't I don't know about Impact yet, so <laughs> I'm sure uh, Caleb will will tell me um, when you know I can expect you know about the Impact and all that yet. So I don't know, man. It's, it's there's a lot going on right now. Like it, it, when it when it sucks, that's like a thing because when it sucks, that allows us to make these jokes. But when it sucks, it can also run your co-host off your podcast too. So. If WWE didn't suck, I'm, maybe I wouldn't be doing this like alone right now. So I don't know. I, that's just the way I think about it. So um, let's see what else I got on here. I got a couple more minutes here before I can get up out of here. Okay. Uh, NXT Performer of the Year, I think it's down to two guys. Uh, three, actually. Um, Johnny Gargano. Excuse me. We've got a lot of nominees on this list. So NXT Performer of the Year is going to be one of the most stacked things if they don't get decimated by call-ups after SummerSlam. You've got Johnny Gargano, got Andrade Cien Almas, you've got Ricochet showing up, Velveteen Dream, Aleister Black. There may be more people. I'm not sure. But Shayna Baszler. Um <clears throat> NXT is fucking stacked, y'all. Um, Johnny Gargano, bat-to-bat five-star matches. Andrade San Almas, five-star match with Gargano. Then an incredible match with um, Black. Ricochet and Dream, they're probably going to go balls to the wall at NXT TakeOver Chicago. Uh, we saw what they did in that ladder match. Uh, that was a five-star affair. You got Adam Cole uh, with the NXT North American Championship that a lot of people are into. Aleister Black is the fucking champion, and he's kind of like third or fourth in the pecking order right now. So... I don't know, man. NXT is putting the pressure on it. And I think when you contrast um, NXT to WWE, it's like we have the blueprint. We see it all the time. It's awesome. Where is it in WWE? And I think a lot of people feel disenfranchised uh, by WWE right now. Um, Dion said, seriously, this group is awesome. I enjoy all our perspectives and glad we haven't kicked anyone out in a while. Yeah, we haven't. Um, <laughs> so um, let's see. Uh, got some comments from DMAC on YouTube. I still, uh, I'm mainly in the Facebook thread, but I'm trying to click over here as well. He says, man, listen, I watched wrestling throughout the late 80s and the 90s. I used to watch smaller companies like GWF. I got a strong stomach for this stuff. So I think that's in reference to like when people say, hey, don't take it so serious. It's like, no, this is what I do. Like, <laughs> like I've been watching wrestling since the 80s. Like this is not, and I'm not about to stop re- watching wrestling just because it's bad right now but i'm just gonna let you know hey it's bad fix this shit um dmax says the only reason i haven't really kept up with the wwe product is basically a busy life schedule that said i do understand some of the gripes that the critics have nowadays i fuck with reality of wrestling and roh uh via the tv via the fight app whenever you get some free time so yeah man um i think that nxt performer of the year is going to be stacked um so most disappointing, I think there are only two guys that have really disappointed me this year and what they've done with them uh, is Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I thought their whole entire WrestleMania feud was a disaster. And just if you will rewatch that main event, that is possibly the most hated main event of all time uh, in WWE. They have tried to skate in this unreality with Reigns that isn't really connecting with anyone. And it's all it's doing is getting him booed more and Lesnar. They've, essentially killed everyone's appetite for wanting to see him. All they want is this belt to either retire with Brock Lesnar or we'll just take the belt, have a tournament, and then Seth Rollins can win that shit. Or even Roman Reigns can win this shit because they've now made it canon that it's okay for people to be frustrated on screen 
about Lesnar not showing up. Before, that was just us. Now, it's their thing as well. So, it'll be interesting to see the next time Brock Lesnar um, wrestles. Is, you know, that going to be something his opponents get to say? Or was that just for Roman Reigns? Um, the other... Um, the the last award I want to talk about um, is the Jeff Jarrett Finesse of the Year Award. I think there are three people or three things that so far have stood out uh, as far as the Finesse of the Year Award. And if you don't know what finessing is, um, oh yeah, Big Cass definitely a big disappointment. But I don't think that we had uh, expectations uh, for, for Big Cass as such. So... Uh, Sam Brown said, preach. He said, that was worse than Lesnar versus Goldberg. Yes. <laughs> uh, Dion Murphy says, I hope Reigns and Cena become the new NWO. Uh, Dan Coffin says, big cast equal big disappointment. Uh, Sam Brown says, how do they still trust this guy? He has w- like one good WrestleMania match. And then Bobby Lashley. Yes. Um, Sergio, pretty disappointing. <clears throat> I'm willing to let him have that match with Sami Zayn first before I put him on that list. But he's definitely trending in that direction. Um... So, finesse of the year. Uh, if you guys don't know what finessing is. So, finessing is since, is essentially getting the best out of the situation and being able to take advantage of it to your benefit, essentially. So, Chris Jericho, he's getting two checks from two wrestling companies and showing up on one person's TV, then the next person's TV, like he's Rick Rude, except he doesn't have a contract with either of them. So this man has been phenomenal in everything that he's done this year uh, when it comes to the Omega stuff, when it comes to jumping out on Naito, when it's, he, it comes to him showing up at Raw 25, when he's in the greatest Royal Rumble as number 50. How the fuck do you, like, pull that? You fly out there, get the check from Vince and the Saudis. Lord knows what, they, what he got paid for that. Then... He's back in New Japan a little bit later, and he's going to be facing Naito for the IC title at their second biggest show of the year, which is quietly probably going to be their best show of the year. I'm putting it out here now. Uh, Jericho definitely finesser of the year in a positive way. There is positive finessing and negative finessing. And with negative finessing comes Brock Lesnar. Uh, <laughs> Brock Lesnar has... I don't know what he has over Vince McMahon, but when it's time to renegotiate, I feel like he's going to get Vince McMahon again. Brock Lesnar saw that TV deal come in, and he was like, oh, yes, I can put these millions of dollars in this box in the back of my farm. So Lesnar has mailed it in. He's been he's nothing new, refreshing. I don't even know if he's in the best shape right now. Um, there have been pictures of him in matches where he's kind of caught in unflattering positions, and you're like, "Wow, Lesnar kind of has a gut right now." That's that's different. Um, but yeah, um, anytime you can hold a world title for going on uh, breaking CM Punk's 434 days, uh, you got to do it, I guess, because this guy <laughs> has has barely wrestled, held that belt, cashed out. Lesnar may be on his list uh, for as long as he uh, he's under contract to WWE. And the final person, WWE themselves. They have finessed these networks for all this fucking money. Uh, billions of dollars. And if someone can get money, there's nothing to be, uh, like, there's nothing to bang on them for. But we're going to call it what it is. They finessed them networks. And I don't know if the networks know it. Um, but they have, uh, took advantage of the, uh, it's a supply and demand market. People are demanding live content. So WWE is supplying it. Um, 
Oh, also, yes, Fozzie has has a theme song for TakeOver uh, Chicago. That's another check. Thanks for mentioning that, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> so uh, Jericho is the finesse of the year. No competition from Jeremy. Uh, Dion Murphy says the B squad, they might be able to turn that into something. If if I see people actually out here, non-plants wearing that B squad shirt, yes, that is definitely finessing. Um, Dan Coffin says Vince is getting more billions for trash. Ultimate finesse. Yes. Um, Sergio says would Dunn count or would he be under NXT? Yes, he'd be under NXT. Um, <laughs> this man said Brock is giving Vince that good D. This man tripping. This man said, can we add Dana Warrior? <clears throat> now... I don't know enough about her situation with WWE, but she's definitely getting a check. But I, that may be residual from Warrior, the company taking care of her. I don't think I don't necessarily like think that's finessing. That's kind of like what she would have gotten anyway with Warrior being under contract uh, as an ambassador um, for all that. So let's check YouTube. YouTube has nothing, but yeah, um, that is you know WWE. Definitely uh, finessers. Um, match recommendations this week. If you guys didn't see it, uh, Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy was fucking phenomenal. Um, you can check out a lot of the uh, Best of Super Juniors. I know this morning was Flip Gordon and Will Ospreay. I'm going to have to watch that. If you haven't watched Dragon Lee and Hiromu Takahashi, do that. Also, Hiromu Takahashi versus Show was amazing. Uh, Ricochet versus Dijak. The three-minute match, which is possibly the best three-minute match you'll ever see in your life. And the promo Ricochet cut and then the Velveteen Dream interrupting him. I just put a video on my YouTube channel. If you're watching this, it would help me out if you guys subscribe. Uh, I did a 20-minute video uh, reviewing last week's NXT show. That's what I'm going to be doing. Be dropping... Um uh, NXT reviews separately from that. And I also have another audio feed on my anchor app. If you want that, um, that audio there, uh, or you can just watch it on YouTube. Um, but yeah, if you guys have any recommended matches, type them in now and I will broadcast them for, uh, everyone. Uh, Jeremy says, uh, the, uh, Hiromu versus Kushida was this morning and it was excellent. Sam says the opener for two Oh five live was damn good too. Um, yes, <laughs> Dion Murphy said that flip, that flip that Ricochet did to this man, that was perhaps the most gifable moment in WWE history. It's like, yo, it's been being used insanely. I can't find it. Can you guys let me know what you need to type in to get that flip from Ricochet? Because I haven't been able to find it for whatever reason. But that is pretty much going to wrap up uh, One Nation Live. Thank you guys for joining me before the NBA Finals get underway. Um, Game two tonight with the Warriors and the Cavs. Let me know who you guys think are going to win. I think the Warriors are on their way to a sweep. Um, yeah, so make sure you guys check out the rest of the shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. The Outsider's Edge with Rance and Carl, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast, coming to us over in Scotland. Keeping it strong, Sal, which will be, I think they'll be back Tuesday. If not, they may be later in the week. They have a Dominion preview coming up. Uh, maybe I'll try to get those guys for Dominion review. If they're if they're about it uh, on One Nation Radio, we we'll have to figure that out. And also, grown men watch this shit uh, with Chris and Jeremy. So um, thank you guys for supporting the Social Social Suplex Podcast Network. If you were seeing this video on YouTube.com, hit me with a like, hit me with a subscribe, and rock with your boy. Uh, this is Social Suplex. If you like the shirts, uh, make sure you guys email Jeremy at SocialSuplex.com if you want to get your hands on one. So this is Rich. I am up out of here. Peace. Thank you for listening to One Nation Radio. We'll see you next time.